Good morning, good afternoon, welcome to the No Mongo Podcast, episode number 63, and my name's Rick Beta. This is a weekly show about all things skateboarding, so new episodes drop every Tuesday, and I've also been doing some bonus episodes on Saturday, so just click that subscribe button, as all of us content creators say, and you'll never miss an episode, okay? So, Saturdays, check it out as well. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Beta, that's R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A, and you can also email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com. Now that that is out of the way, let's get started. All right, so now most of you, I know for a fact, most of you listening probably weren't even born around this time, but did you know that skateboarding was banned in Norway in the 70s and 80s? Yeah, you heard that right, banned. In Norway, no ifs, ands, or buts, banned. And it was for 11 years. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I mean, it was from 78 to 89 to be exact, to kind of give you some context. So that's insane. 11 years banned. And because uh, I watched a, a documentary over the weekend, it's titled Norway's Skate Ban, and it's from Foul Play. It's a series on the Olympic Channel. So, and they went into great detail about, you know, the who, the what, the why, etc. But here are some notes that I took along the way. It's a very cool. It's only like a 21-minute documentary, but very, very informative and entertaining. So, skateboarding, it was introduced to Nor- in, in Norway in 1978, as I said. And, and sales, they skyrocketed, right? I mean, I think they sold like 2 million boards or something like that. But as it gained in popularity, they were kind of getting a little worried, right? People were getting hurt. So, they started looking for numbers because it was obviously new to Norway, they were looking for numbers outside of their area, outside of the country. And, of course, they reach out, you know, get stats from the U.S., which, you know, at the time, it stated in the documentary, it was 28 children died, right? 100,000 others got injured, par for the course, right? But this was outside the country, right? So not even directly in Norway, but the Norwegian government decided that those, number, those numbers were enough. There were, it was enough info and data to close it all down. Done. No mas. So, I mean, I guess in a sense, they basically freaked out, right? So that was in November of 1978. Yeah, I was just, what, three then? (laughs) To put it into perspective. But, and also, too, I got to mention, I mean, I'm assuming that many of those, you know, who were killed or got injured probably weren't wearing a helmet, no safety gear, stuff like that. I mean, probably none of that. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of the loss of, of life, of course. But that's like my only reasonable explanation for the amount they had at that time. So, and and like, like I mentioned, they were just looking at outside numbers. They're like, whoa, we're seeing a trend. This could happen. You know, risk uh, uh, management is probably like, well, wh- what's going to happen? The And they didn't even consider like how those numbers occurred. Just think about that. That's crazy. Like, we got this new thing. Well, no, we're going to shut it down. And as far as the ban is, is concerned, this was literally the ban included the sale of skateboards. You couldn't even promote anything. But there were, like, a few rebels out there, like uh, Jokum Wang and Anders uh, Witsusen. W- no, Witthusen. Sorry. W-I-T-T-U-S-E-N. He was the Mad Rabbit founder. So he was basically one of the guys that continued to manufacture boards like in secret and even went as far as like smuggling them. That's how bad it was in 1978 in, in Norway. So 
that got my brain thinking too. I mean, can you imagine like having to smuggle like your you, you know your Ryan Lay or Winkowski deck, like you're you know having to find like dealers like Psst, hey, I got your gongs reissue right here, man. You want it? It's gongs. Yeah, reissue. You need wheels? I got you. Two hundred cash only. You know, just stuff like that. But of course, that's extreme. But you know, leave my money in the bushes. You know, I'll leave the deck on the other side. Just sketchy stuff like that. I'm sure that didn't have to go down. But that's what my brain was thinking. It was like, here's the situation. You gotta go to extreme means. But think about that, though. I mean, should a ban? And that's where my brain started thinking more too. Is like, should a ban like that happen in 2020? It would be much easier to get you know completes via the internet anyway. So think just to kind of compare. But back in 1978. That was not even an option. Didn't have cell phones back then. You know, you had a phone, right? Probably one of those rotary dials you had to call and get your boards. But so it just kind of puts that in perspective. But there were pros, you know, back then that were keeping the sport alive. Uh, it's this guy, Cedric Cornell, who he founded the uh, Oslo Skateboarding Society. So and and basically he was con- he's considered a legend, right, in Norway, I mean, even to this day. I mean, he was literally there from day one. You know, so that's like OG status, right? So, and the guy, he he used to carry his board around covered in a quote-unquote flower sack. Dedication. Right there. Plain and simple. So, I mean, think about though, and that's only because their biggest fear back then was losing their board. You know, if you got your board confiscated, it's not coming back. Or if it broke, right? If you had a broken board... Went through all the process of smuggling it. You put it up behind your shirt, got it in, you got home. But, you know, either way, both outcomes meant you, you're scrambling to find another one. So, and and how? Like, how are you going to get it? So, it was cool, though. Some guys would make boards, like from coffee tables, you know, because the price of plywood was so high. And grip tape, you know, obviously you came from, like, sandpaper. You got to glue it on. Like, total DIY. So, that was pretty fascinating to hear. And, and of course no street skating right that was like non-existent only because you know one they were avoiding the police the whole time and two they you know they didn't have portable generators back then you know they didn't know they probably didn't know about night skating for the most part you know i'm assuming a place like norway back then you know all the you know businesses roll up their carpet really early is not a lot of light so you know just to think that so just to, to think that through i should say but and of course, what they would do, I'm checking my notes here, they had to stick to remote parks, right? But well, they're basically ramps. They were painted in camouflage. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Think about that. I mean, you're it's underground and you're kind of, you know, looking over your shoulder and it's all good until that spot gets blown, like their cover's blown. And they they had to run from the police hide in the woods they had to hide their boards and trees wait it out you know kind of like you're hiding from a bear or like a lion you're just chilling up there like your fight or flight is kicked in you're like right. oh. so just to paint a picture you know you could watch the documentary as well I'll make sure to put it in the show notes it's very cool but that went on for 11 years and but what they did is they came up with a plan that would you know basically eventually it would make skateboarding legit and eventually legal. So I won't ruin it for you. You'll hear in the documentary how they did it. But it was in difficult and trying times that these guys, you know, that allowed them and kind of forced them to get creative 
and push forward and excel. So I just had to mention that. So And of course, spoiler alert. I mean, the ban was eventually lifted. We all know, right? So it was lifted in 1989. And to this day, they still have riders like, you know, Kevin Backel, who's, you know, helping pave the way. He's from Norway, you know, for future Norwegians to come out. So as I record this, skate parks, they're, they're being built everywhere, both indoor, outdoor. Yes, they have Olympic an Olympic team of hopefuls that are going to try and make it to the summer game next year. They've got, like... Trainers, gyms, warehouses. I mean, they're they're legit. They're very serious about it. So Norway on the rise. Norway, keep an eye out for them for the Olympics next summer. And we'll see how everything looks, you know, one one year from now. Competition is going to be tough. And are there going to be some young bucks that come up and kind of slide into that position that, you know, maybe some of those older, older dudes on the, 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 the brink of either competition or not are not going to be competing. So we'll, we'll just have to see. So as I mentioned, I'll include the link in the show notes on nonmongo.com. It's a great, very cool documentary. It's only about 20 minutes long. I can't believe I never heard of this, or maybe I did over the years. I, I know various outlets probably talked about it, but it just never was on my radar. And, and just, I'm glad I, I stumbled upon it this weekend. So check it out. Let me know your thoughts on that as well. Quick water break. Thanks for your patience. So I guess speaking of Kevin Backel, he is one of six riders. It's in the third installment of X Games Real Street. And it actually dropped today. So I remember hearing the buzz, you know, everyone's kind of hyping it up. X Games hyping it up. And cool, they dropped this morning. So I was able to check them out before I recorded the show. And of course, this is on a Monday. So and as you know, I watched all six. They're only about a minute long. Did you guys check them out? Check them out. Like I said, they're only a minute long. Won't take you that long to compare notes. Do it now. And come back, of course. But here's what I jotted down along the way. So starting off with Kevin's footage, and these are in no particular order, okay? It's just kind of, I was in the mood. I wanted to start off with, with these guys. So Kevin Backel, of course, you know, our hero from Norway. That 50-50 at 25 seconds in. That spot is amazing. And where is that at? It looks familiar, I'm blanking on where that is or if someone has done it before. I don't recall, though. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But And then, of course, too, his ender was awesome. That guy, he skates so fast. He's so fast, so good. So well done, Kevin. And then next up, I watched uh, Dakota's part. That backflip 180 at 47 seconds. Yeah, buddy. Two thumbs up. Can't see it. I got two thumbs up right now. And, of course... His ender was so on brand. So Dakota, so on brand. And that was nuts. Well done, Dakota. Next up, Clive Dixon. Yes, you've heard a lot of Clive Dixon uh, talk on this podcast. This one's all good. That 5-0 on the knob rail at 30 seconds. Yes. And that kickflip. He caught that thing so early and just floated on down. I had to rewind that one. It was only a minute long. I was like, nope, stop, rewind. But he just proceeded, proceeded to just kind of float on down. And then, of course, that next spot, the, the next clip, he did a grind up that, like, I guess it's a hubba, but it's like a hubba into the ground. You, you know what I'm talking about when you see it. I was like, huh? How did you do that? And, if, and I did mention, too, fantastic choice in music. See what I mean? 
Your style deserves a more upbeat sound, and this was awesome. Well done. You know, I'm I'm talking. Okay, just between me and you, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not give you crap about that one song you had from a few weeks ago in your video part. I'm I'm done. That you made up for it. Totally redeemed yourself. So, that was awesome. Well done, Clive. And then next up, Frankie Villani, of course. I, of course, I noticed another fakey 360 pop shove. I wrote that one down. I'm like, wow, that's two this week I've mentioned. I, I, that was great. Underrated trick. And, you know, glad to see another great one, of course. But I like that pressure flip down the double set. I, said, <laughs> I see you working, Frankie. I see it. Sneaking that one in there. But that was good. I, a lot of people say, oh, that's an illegal trick. But no, watch how he did that one. It's not illegal. Not in my book. He did that. That was straight up. That was fire. That was legit. But, and of course, that back-to-back, -back, he did, you know, two board slides, both kick flip out, one front side, one back side. Ugh. Or front side, back. What order did he did? He did, yeah. Backside, front side. But very nice. Very nice. Chef kiss. And Chase Webb, I mean, that guy, he's nuts. He is absolutely bonkers on a board. He, that 50-50 to ollie over the chain at Hollywood 16, that was crazy, right? Just think about how much board control you need to have for that and how fast it is. His his rail game is insane. And he, like, there are so many kinked rails and curved rails. Ugh. And, of course, that ender, that was, that was legit. Legit ender from Chase Webb. And, of course, last but not least, we have Jamie Foy. And this dude, you know, he's been around the block a few times. He's been there. He, he can do it all. The guy's got skills. His smith grind at, up that rail at 17 seconds, very nice, very awesome. I, I just wish I would have seen a different angle from that one. I, I don't know if that one truly gave it justice uh, as to how difficult that is going up that rail. But it was, it was nice to give you the height, you know, like you could see how high it is. But I don't understand how you guys do that. That's back in my day, we never even thought about like doing going up rails like that. Nope, it's gonna go down, caveman. Can't go up the rails, huh? That's so hard to do. And then two, pause it at fifty-two seconds. Just kind of take it all in. Just kind of ooh, absorb it and just look at that. So close to that pole. I love how he comes out the other side of it. I mean, he had to, right? Because his butt would have hit it. So he probably tried it a couple times. Or you come off a little too early. Barely, barely scrape by without hitting your butt on the way out. But no, he's like, nope, I'm going to go this way. I'm going off that way. So well done, Mr. Foy. So how would you rank these guys? If you've seen it already. I mean, if you had to ask me or... You know, it kind of put a squirt gun to my head and say, Do Rick, tell me now. I would pick Clive's. Clive's part wins. I mean, everything about his part, I mean, it clicked for me. The music, the tricks, the cinematography, just the vibe, his spots, you know. I mean, if you're talking about real street, like street spots, his and Chase Webb's are like top two for me. Chase, I like. I liked his part, but and he did that was it that horseshoe one, but that was in another clip kind of recently, so I was like, ah, I don't know. So that's kind of why, but I I went with Clyde's and Clyde's overall is a but Chase had bangers. I mean, it's a it's a tough call. It's always tough when you have so many like hardcore skaters like this that are really 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 talented. 
So, but that's just my pick. I, I chose Clive. I choose Clive. It's official. Uh, a full, actually, World of X Games episode is going to air on Saturday, May 16th on ESPN2. And it's also noted that they'll have the re-air on May 23rd on ABC. So, nice uh, publicity for all those guys. Nice exposure, which is awesome for all the brands and their talent and all that good stuff. But I guess they're going to also have behind-the-scenes footage and athlete interviews. I love how they call them athlete. I call them skater interviews. I'm just reading from the ESPN site, so... But yeah, so let me know your thoughts. That's all I've got for this week. Just two episodes, I mean, two topics this week. Tune in on Saturday when I do my next episode of Better Late Than Never. And this time, I'm going to bump it around the years a little bit. I'm going to go check out Anti Heroes Destination Unknown from 2014. So that is correct. I have not seen that one yet. And I figure, you know, with the passing of Grasso, now's a good time to kind of revisit some of those old uh, videos that he's been part of and been in. I'm looking forward to seeing some good Grasso footage and, you know, all that crew. I'll let you know my thoughts on Saturday. So check out nomanga.com in the meantime, or you can hit me up on social media. Either way, I'll talk to you in. Talk to you then. Peace out.